talk our faith when we're up on the mountain. But the talk comes easy when life's at its best. It's down in the valley of trials and temptations. That's when faith is really put to the test. For the God on the mountain is still God in the valley. When things go God of the day is still God in the night. The God of the day is still God in the night. Have your Bibles. We're going to get it all right in a minute. I tell you. Seem like one of them days, everything we do, that happens right there. But uh, the Lord's good, isn't he? And uh, his spirit is in this place. I want to ask you to turn to Genesis chapter 12. We, uh, we got a lot of folks out. A lot of our leaders are out. We're out of whack on our schedule and routine and everything. But I think it's good to get out of our routine sometimes. And it's all right to... Do something a little different, and uh, but I appreciate your willingness to be here. Thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, you really had to want to go to church today to go to church, and uh, I appreciate you. I know a lot of you are feeling better, and I praise the Lord for that. But let's continue to remember those that are down. Remember those in the hospital. Just a lot going on right now. Uh, the Lovett family, let's remember these families in our prayers. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something, folks. God has been good. God has been faithful. And every time we're up on the mountain and every time we're down in the valley, God has fulfilled every need that we have ever needed from him. He's been good. And we ought to give him glory for it. We ought to praise him for it. We ought to uh, bring attention to what God is doing in our life. I want you to stand one more time this morning for the reading of God's Word, Genesis chapter 12. I'm writing a thesis, and I've been writing about the three major covenants in the Old Testament. And I just felt led to share uh, with you today this covenant that I've been writing on that has been a blessing to me, and I hope it is to you as well. Genesis chapter 12, and in verse 1 it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, I pray your blessing upon it. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts 
Lord, we, have, we are so distracted by the things of the world. We're distracted by sickness. We're distracted by our loved ones that are down. Lord, we are distracted by the sins of this world. I pray that you would free our minds from distraction this morning. Help us, Lord, to focus on you. Help us, Lord, to get the message that you have for us. Lord, I pray that our hearts will be soft and pliable so that you can mold us and make us into vessels that would bring you honor and glory. Lord, I need your touch this morning. Lord, I don't want to stand up here and just have a good talk. Lord, I want to say the things that you have placed upon my heart and my life. I want to be your mouthpiece this morning. Lord, I need your sweet Holy Spirit to fill me. Lord, I pray that I just empty myself this morning and allow your will to take place. Dear God, we need to hear from heaven today. We don't need to hear from another man, but we need to hear from you. Lord, may... You give us ears to hear, Lord, and may we be doers of your word. May souls be saved today. Lord, I pray that souls will be changed today. Lord, I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you on the subject today, a promise of prosperity. A promise of prosperity. I want to mention the covenant that God made with Abraham known as the Abrahamic covenant. There are several major covenants that God made in the Old Testament. A covenant was simply a promise that was made. A lot of times when these covenants were made there were signs of this covenant. Uh, in this particular covenant circumcision would be a sign and a token of the covenant that God made with man. And man would use these signs. God gave signs, uh, for instance, with Noah. He made a promise to all uh, uh, living creatures that he'd never flood the earth again. And he put a rainbow in the sky. And it's a wonderful thing to see that rainbow in the sky, to be reminded of the covenant that God made with us. God has made man some promises. I love what the scripture said, that it is impossible for God to lie. When God tells you something, God means it. There are times that we don't keep our word, but God has always kept his word. God has always kept his word. God has always kept his word. God has always and always will keep his word that he has made with mankind. You may not can rely upon my word, but you can rely upon every word of God. Every word that God has ever spoken is truth. Everything that is in this book is the word of God. You can trust in it. You can rely upon it. God cannot lie. God made many promises with man, but he made a promise with Abraham. And I want to just take you back in uh, your mind to kind of the intentions of God and what God is doing. If you go back in your mind to the Garden of Eden, man was created perfect. Man was created to live forever. Man was created to never hunger or to thirst or to never have a problem. In fact, he created Adam in a way that he would have complete, perfect fellowship and communion with God. That he would feast of the things of the Garden of Eden. The work that he did was a pleasant work. There were no thorns. There were no briars. Uh, the curse of sin was not there. Man had received everything he needed from the Garden of Eden. Adam never wanted. He never desired. He never had trials. He never had tribulations. Boy, that sounds like a good life, doesn't it? Friend, you can get that in heaven. You can get that in heaven. 
It's not found on this earth anymore. But Adam had this perfection. He had this prosperity. And this prosperity was found because he was in full fellowship with God the Father. And the communion and the fellowship between him and God was perfect, uninterrupted. So God gave him everything that he needed. He never thirsted. He never hungered. Boy, what a good life. Never experienced the trials of life. Sin fell upon mankind because man disobeyed God, okay? The curse of sin fell. We know the story there. And now something has taken place. Man is driven out of the garden. This daily prosperity that Adam experienced was no longer there. The daily prosperity of drinking of the water of life and eating from the tree of life and having the fulfillment of life, it was not there anymore. There was an emptiness. There was a longing. There was a, a desire in the midst of man's heart that could not be fulfilled because simply he was not communing with God on a daily basis as Adam was in the Garden of Eden. And now we're living in a sin-stricken world. There's a curse upon this world. There there are thorns and there are briars, briars. there are uh, fire ants, there is sickness. There are all kinds of things that bring us down and get us to the point and place that we need some prosperity, we need some help. And you look at me this morning, I want you to understand something. Everybody in this world needs help. We get prideful, we get hard-headed, and we think, well, I can earn, and I can do, and I can do this, and I can get everything that I need. You cannot fulfill the true longings that you have within your heart and your soul. The true longings that you have within your heart and soul is only met through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He made a promise with Adam that a Savior will one day come. And then years down the road, he made a promise with Abraham. Understand that man was in need of a home. They were in need of a place that would provide the resources to give them the prosperity of life. Abraham didn't live just a miserable life, but he needed a bountiful life. And may I tell you, when you're inside of the will of the Lord, it is a bountiful life. And so so God begins to make a promise as we see in Genesis chapter 12 with Abraham. And this promise is to fulfill that need of prosperity, to give man what man could not do for himself. I want you to notice verse 1. This covenant is broke down in three different phases. Verse 1 involves the land. Verse 2 involves the people. Verse 3 involves the world. And so this covenant is made with Abraham, it is made with his people, but it is also made with all of humanity. Notice verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, and to a land that I will show thee. I want you to notice, number one, a fruitful land. This man was living in the land of the Ur of the Chaldees. You say, preacher, what was wrong with that land? It simply was not the place that God wanted him to dwell. He called him out to go to another land. I want you to notice that Abraham was called to go to a place that he's never gone before. I want you to understand that God has promised him a land flowing with milk and honey. A land that would give him all the resources that he needed to fulfill the pleasures of life within his soul. 
But the reality of it was, if Abraham was going to get into the blessings of God and experience true prosperity in the Lord, he had to leave where he was. He had to be removed from a place of comfort. Understand that where we want to be and where we want to live is not necessarily where God wants us to be. And where we live is not the land flowing with milk and honey. Being inside of the will of God is the land flowing with milk and honey. And so Abraham is living in this land. Everything's great, but God said, I can do something better for you if you will be willing to follow me. Leave where you are and go to a place that you've never gone before. Understand, child of God, that the only way to be saved is to be removed from where you are, from darkness to light, from sin to fellowship with the Lord. That's the only way to be saved. And then once you're saved, the only way to truly experience the blessings of salvation is to leave that old life behind. You cannot receive the blessings of the Lord living like the old man that you used to be. The blessings of God was not found in the earth of the Chaldees for Abraham. It was found in Canaan land. And he told him to go, and I will do for you everything that you'll ever need. Can you imagine this man? He didn't have a cell phone to pull up and see how far it was to this land. He did not. He could not pull up Google Maps. He could not pull up the Weather Channel and say, well, I wonder what day's good to go. He simply had to go off the Word of God. And he had to put his faith and trust in the Lord. Notice that God did not tell him where to go. He said, I'll show you where to go. He said, you get up and you go. What would we say? Okay, God, I'll go wherever you want to know where you want me to go. God said, I'm not telling you. You get up, you pack your stuff, get your family and get out. And I will show you the land that I have for you. That's terrifying, folks. Could you imagine loading your family up, having no idea where you're going, simply going off the Word of God? And God's Word said, Abram, if you will follow me, I will give you the prosperity of life. I know it doesn't make sense. I know you can't see all of it. I know that you don't understand it all. But if you will just trust me and follow me, I will lead you to a land like you've never seen before. Child of God, I believe that that's still possible today. I believe the only way to enter into the promised land that God has for our life, the prosperity that God wants us to have, is to get there by faith. You know, we don't always understand what God's doing. We don't always understand why God is leading us here and there. But friend, we need to be sensitive to the Word of God. We need to be obedient to the Lord and get exactly where God wants us to be so that we can experience the Canaan life in our soul and in our life. Let me tell you something, child of God. If you're still in the land of the earth, the Chaldees, you're missing out. If you're still in that place of comfort, if you're still where God saved you, you're not where you're supposed to be. It's time for you to get to the Canaan land in your life that God has desired for you. I know we talk about Canaan land as a picture of heaven, but child of God, it is a picture of being inside of the will of God in this life. Heaven was coming for Abram, but what he needed on this earth was a little prosperity. He needed somebody to fill that natural longing that he had and God said I'll fill it 
but you got to follow me. And you got to have faith and you got to trust me. You're not always going to see it. It's not always going to make sense. But I want you to put your trust and your faith in me and I will lead you. So he had to leave and then he had to trust. What is faith? It's trusting. It's not walking by sight. It's walking by faith. Trusting the Lord. We're not always seeing where we're headed, but we're trusting that God is heading us to the right place. The will of the Lord doesn't always make sense. The will of the Lord isn't always understandable for us at the time, but once you get there, I promise it will make sense. Follow Him all the way. If you're saved and all you're doing is dwelling on a, on a, uh, a pew, and all you're doing is going through the routines of life, you are missing out on that Canaan life. You are missing out on the prosperity that God wants for you. You say, preacher, what does God want from me? He wants complete surrenderance. He wants complete faith from you. He wants you to die to yourself daily and wake up and say, God, here I am. Use me for your will. Use me however you want. And boy, isn't that what Abram did? And he left the country, and he went. And if you remember a couple chapters on down the road, Abram finally got to that land. And God said, Abram, there it is. Won't you look to the east? Won't you look to the west? Won't you look to the north? Won't you look to the south? Now, I want you to go walk in the breadth of it. I want you to go to the north, and I want you to go to the south, in the east and the west. you know what he was saying? Enjoy this place. I have done all of this for you. Don't just get in one little corner and just enjoy a little bit of it. Go to the breadth of it and enjoy all the blessings that I have provided for you. I wonder how many of us are, are struggling to enjoy the breadth and the depth of our salvation in the Lord. Child of God, you ought to enjoy the things of God. You ought to enjoy the things that God has placed in your life. If you can't enjoy it, something's wrong. Christians, we ought not sit around looking like we're, we're drinking on pickle juice. <laughs> we ought to enjoy our Canaan land. We ought to enjoy this thing called the Christian life. We ought to enjoy this relationship walk that we're having with Jesus Christ. You know why the world doesn't want what we have? Because we look miserable half the time in what we have. But if we were in our Canaan land, we could enjoy but I'm afraid some of us are still in the land of the early Chaldees. Child of God, leave that place. Go to that place that is promised for you. And I promise you, God will give everything that you'll ever need. He'll provide every resource that you'll ever need. I'll never forget when, when y'all called me to come over here. I was looking for every excuse. And I told Lacey, I said, it just doesn't make sense. There ain't no way I can get over it. Where, where is Hamburg, Arkansas? I don't even know where that's at. What in the world is God doing? And I said, Lacey, if we're going to get over there, this got to be done, this got to be done, this got to be done. And, and isn't that bad we do God that way? God said, all right, I'll do that. And he did everything that I needed him to do times ten to get me to my Canaan land. <laughs> I'm in the promised land, hello? <laughs> Do you know why this is my promised land? Because this is God's will for me. And I find blessing by being inside of God's will.
And the greatest success I've ever had in the ministry is I left that church out there in Texas right. It, it wasn't bad. I didn't have to leave. But I told him, I said, if I don't go now, I'm going to have to leave in the future. Let's leave now while I can. What a blessing. To get inside of the promised land, to get inside of the will of God, what a fruitful place the will of God is. What a fruitful place the will of God is. I want you to look in verse 2. If you're with me, say amen. He promised him a fruitful land. He promised him an everlasting name. In verse 2 he said, And I'll make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, that thou shalt be a blessing. We know that Abram did not have a child. We know it was years before Abram had a child. It was something that they dealt with on a daily basis. God promised him, I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. This man and the earth of Chaldees, just a regular old Joe, just over there living life, working hard, doing what he can to survive. God said, you follow me. I'm going to lead you, lead you to a place that's spectacular, and I'm going to give you a great name. We know that he promised him the nation of Israel. We know that he promised that to his seed. Abram didn't even have a seed. Abram had a trust, didn't he? Abram had a trust that God knew what he was doing. How many times they thought, man, Sarah's too old. We're too old for this. This can't happen. God said, you trust me. I'm going to bless your name. I'm going to bless your name. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make your name prominent. I'm going to make your name to prosper. Your name is going to mean something in this whole world. And so Abram just had to have faith, and he had faith, and he had faith. And what happened? God provided. God provided. God provided Isaac and then Jacob, the grandson Jacob. Then we know the 12 tribes of Israel, one of the greatest countries, probably the greatest country ever on the face of the earth is the nation of Israel. Came from the seed of Abraham promised by God. Why is the nation of Israel such a blessing to look at? Because it is a promised people. God promised them that his seed would prevail, that his seed would be an everlasting seed. It is amazing to me how many leaders and rulers and kings have tried to destroy the seed of Israel but cannot destroy the seed of Israel because God made a promise. God said, Abraham, your seed will last forever. You will have a great name, a prominent name. Everybody will know your name. There are six million Jews in the land of Israel living in the midst of 300 million Muslims who hate their guts and seek every day to kill them and destroy them, but they can't. You know why? Because the zeal of the Lord is upon that nation. God made them a promise. And when God makes a promise, He keeps His promise. And may I tell you that Abram became a great man. He had a great name. I thought about that name. Uh, if you look in uh, Abram, uh, go over here to chapter 17. I'm getting ahead of myself. Chapter 17. Look at the name change here in Genesis 17, verse 4. He said, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For I have a father of many nations, have I made thee. One man said that Abram's name was changed by the addition of the letter He, which is a, uh, a Hebrew letter, which is the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. In Bible numerics, five is the number of grace. 
In the change of his name to Abraham, God confirmed that the fulfillment of this covenant would be according to grace and not of works. The name of Abraham would be great because God promised that from his seed, nations and kings would come. Not because this man was special, not because there was something to this man rather than in other men. What set this man apart was the faith that he had in the grace of the Lord. Understand that his name is even a picture of the grace of God. For a normal man, a nobody, to become a somebody. How in the world does that happen, preacher? That happens when you get in your Canaan land. That happens when you get inside of the will of God and you experience the prosperity of God. This man was fixing to put on a stage, uh, be put on a stage that he didn't deserve to be upon. You say, well, how'd he get, how'd he get there? God put him there. God put him there. God made him great. And today we're still talking about the name Abraham. Man, a hundred years from now, they, they're not even going to remember my name. Huh. But he made the name Abraham great. He made him a promise. According to who this man was, according to his works, no. But according to the grace of God. And according to the grace of God, Abram became something that he was not without God's help. Abram developed a name that was great because God gave him that name. Understand that Abraham did not make Abraham great. And child of God, understand that we've got to quit trying to make ourselves great. And we've got to submit to God. We've got to get in our Canaan land. And we've got to allow the Lord to promote us. We've got to allow the Lord to prosper us. And the more you seek your greatness, the worse it's going to be. You seek the greatness of God, and I promise you, He'll seek you, and He'll take care of every one of your needs. You seek Him. And Abram, was, it wasn't about Abram. He was about the Lord. He finally got that son. What did God say? Take your son, go to the mount, offer him up. Whew. I'd probably disobeyed the Lord that day. I don't know, Brother Allen, if I could take Connor up there and put him on that altar. I don't know if I could do that. And you say, preacher, man, I can't believe that he did that. Why would he do that? Because the man had faith. God had proven to him time and time, you trust me, you listen to me, and I'll provide for you. So here he is with this promised seed that God gave him. He lays him down on the altar. And I'm telling you, he's done everything God told him to do. Brother Hayden, I'd have done took off running. I'd have grabbed Connor by the back of the shirt and said, Let's go, boy. <laughs> no way. But Abram said, I've done been proven the Word of God. And the Word of God works. And the will of God works. So he submitted to the power of God. And there he was with that knife standing up over him, fixing to kill his only son. My goodness, the promised seed of Israel. And there he is fixing to slay him. <laughs> Why? Because God told him to. But you know what? God never intended for Isaac to die that day. He intended for that man to have faith and believe. And over there in the thicket was called a ram. Oh, God provided. Once again, because Abraham was under the grace of God. And every day he said, God, it's not by my works, but it's by your grace and it's by your favor. Well, look at the preacher up there with a good old nice suit on. 
Man, I'm telling you, hooty toot up there, holier than thou. Let me tell you something. I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. And the only thing that set me apart from every drunk in this world that stayed up to 3 o'clock this morning in the bars is the grace of God. The only thing that sets me apart from me and every other homosexual in the world is the grace of God. The only thing that set me apart from me and everybody in the jail cell today is the grace of God. The grace of God. The grace of God. Where sin abound, grace did much more abound. And child of God, I'm not where I am because of who I am. I'm where I am because who he is. That's what the Canaan life is all about. Not getting there on your merit, but getting there on the favor of God. Oh, what a loving God we serve. Go to verse 3. Go to verse 3. It's been a month that I could just let her rip without losing my voice. Man, it feels good. My goodness. Notice number 3, a wonderful blessing. Verse 3, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now I want you to notice a promise there. I'll bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee. If you turn your back on Israel, God will turn his back on you. Child of God, you listen to this. You pray for Israel every day of your life. You support them. And God said, if you will bless them, I will bless you. He made that promise to Abraham. And child of God, God cannot lie. God has kept his promise. He's going to continue to keep his promise. As long as the United States of America will support the nation of Israel, God will have his blessings upon us. Do you understand why America is great to begin with? Because we've stood with Israel this whole time. In the last couple of decades, we've turned our back against them, and we have suffered the consequence. Stand behind Israel. God is a covenant-keeping God. And He said, I'll bless them that bless you, and curse them that curse you. We got some folks up here in Washington right now that hate the nation of Israel. They need to be gone. They need to be gone, folks. This is a Bible, Bible, biblical principle that God will bless them that blesses Israel. Stand behind Israel. But notice what he said. Through you and your seed will all the families of the earth be blessed. What a wonderful blessing. What a wonderful promise for old Abram there in the earth of the Chaldees to say, Abraham, you're going to be so great that through you I'm going to bless the entire world. What a blessing. And the Jews think the blessing is only for them. But God is even speaking right here in Genesis chapter 12 that what He's trying to do in the grace that He offers man is not just for the Jew, but it's for the Gentile as well. And He said all the families of the earth be blessed. Not just those of the Jewish race. Not just those that are born of the seed of Abraham. But all the families of the earth can be blessed by the father Abraham. Well, what a blessing. I want you to look with me in the book of Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And may I tell you that the seed of Abraham was continued to be blessed. And was blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. So many great people down through through the seed of, uh, of Abraham, God blessed his seed over and over and over. The greatest fulfillment of the seed of Abraham is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, through your seed will all the families of the earth be blessed. 
May I tell you the reason that we are blessed through Abraham is because of his seed, Jesus Christ, who one day would come and live a perfect life on this earth, would live to fulfill the will of God in his life, would live to die for sinners. I don't understand why he died for somebody like me. But may I tell you, that's a love that I can't comprehend. But it's a love that I accept this morning. When I couldn't reach up to him, bless God, he came down to me. Understand this today, that the greatest part of the seed of Abraham was the coming of a Savior in Jesus Christ. That a Messiah would come and save the, his people from their sins. Jesus has come. The Messiah has come. The Jews are still looking. They don't need to look any further. Jesus is the Son of the living God. He's the Christ, the anointed one that God gave us, the very seed of Abraham. For what? To bring prosperity to humanity. To bring prosperity to us. Notice what it said in Galatians chapter 3. And in verse 6, Even as Abram believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. In the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. Man, ain't you glad that he'll justify the heathen? Whoo! I'm the heathen. Huh. Hold on. Let me get you off your pedestal. you the heathen too. <laughs> We're all the heathen. And bless God, he'd justify the heathen. Notice what he said. Boy, that just sounded like a good redneck preaching right there. The heathen justify the heathen through faith. Not through righteous works. Not through dedication. But through faith. Preach before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which have be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. There's the fulfillment of verse 3 of chapter 12. That all the families of the earth will be blessed. Not when we become a Jew. Not when we become circumcised. But when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. What made Abraham so great in the seed of Israel is not their circumcision. It was their faith in an almighty God. There was a whole lot of folks that got circumcised, hung up on the physical token of that covenant, but never applied it to their heart and soul. And they lived a miserable life because they were carrying something rather than living something. Understand, child of God, if you want to get in this covenant, it's not about circumcision. It's not about doing this or that. It's about having faith as Father Abraham did. We have faith just like Abraham. Can you imagine the faith that Abraham had? It's just, I can't imagine walking in and saying, all right, Lacey, God spoke to me last night. Get your stuff, let's go. Boy, she'd hit me so hard. Have you lost your mind? That don't even make sense, folks. God is calling us into a world that doesn't make sense. That's why we got to have faith. Because I don't understand the things of God. I don't understand the will of God. But I know this, that God's on His throne and that He's made some promises and God has not forsaken His people. And we go through trials and we go through valleys and we go through hard times, but God has never forsaken His people. 
I have turned my back on him, but he's never turned his back on me. He is a covenant-keeping God, a promise-keeping God. I'm telling you, God promised me, if you have faith in Jesus, I'll save your soul. Hello, I'm saved by the blood of Jesus this morning. God promised me, if you trust in me, I'll take you to a land that you've never been before. Hey, if I die today, I may be sitting up here in a casket, but bless God, my soul will be in glory land. (laughs) Why? Because of the promises of God. The promises of God. we got some promises. We are a covenant, covenant people. God has made covenants and promises with us. And I don't sit around and live on the news and live on the events and economics. I live on the promises of God. And folks, if we're hung up on society and government and politics, you'll be messed up your whole life. Live your life on the promises of God. Get in the covenant. I'm telling you, God made me a covenant. I was 13 years old. I was lost, dying, and going to hell. Whew. Now I needed a Savior. And that day I gave my heart to Jesus. And He made me a covenant. Bless God He gave me a sign. There's a seal to every covenant ever made. He sealed me with His Holy Spirit of promise until the day of redemption. That old earnest money, that old down payment. And every day He's kept His promises. Every day, even through the tough times, God's been good. What a covenant-keeping God. If you're still in the earth of Chaldees, you're struggling today, child of God. You need to leave where you are in your place of comfort and get to the will of God. You will never experience prosperity in your life like living inside of the will of God. God is sweet. God is precious. I'm telling you, the promised land's flowing with milk and honey. Everywhere that you go inside of the will of God are the resources to live and survive this whole life. Yesterday, I talked to Miss Phyllis, and every day it just seemed like the report's getting worse and worse. But every day, Miss Phyllis has just been so positive. Miss Phyllis has been so strong. But yesterday, it finally hit her, and it, it, it hit her hard. And uh, she was struggling. She told me this morning that her and the girls, all three of them, were struggling pretty bad yesterday. You know, it's easy to struggle, isn't it? Things get rough. Things get tough. We live this whole life, and we feel like we've lost the prosperity. Friend, God made us a promise. And there's times the nation of Israel got in some dark times and some dark places, but God never forsook them. And you understand this. God's still on His throne. And God is still in control. And God knows what He's doing. God's made us some promises. And He's going to keep them, folks. You can trust in the promises of God. You can't trust a politician. Hello? If I didn't wake you up, my goodness. You can't trust a politician. You can't trust a preacher. But you can trust this right here. Folks, I want to ask you this morning to seek the altar. We got a brother in Christ that's down right now. And I told Miss Phyllis that we're going to get at the altar. She was so discouraged yesterday. 
And I don't know what's going on, but God does, and he's in control. And Butch Hill needs our prayers right now. Our brother in Christ needs us on our knees, seeking the will of the Lord, seeking the healing power of God. 